Welcome, everybody, to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. I'm your host, Jacob Burke, and I got Glenn here with me to talk 76ers. How's it going, Glenn? Yeah, good, Jake. Good, good. Yeah, that was a that was an ugly game, man. I <laughs> you you said just right before we started here that it, it didn't it was a little bit more than it needed to be, right? We could yeah. have put them put them away way earlier. Um, what are your first impressions of uh, '90s style basketball that we just watched? <laughs> uh, it was, you know, I think from like maybe an average fan standpoint, it was probably an exciting, stimulating game. But just being a Nuggets fan and knowing how we usually play ball, um, I could kind of tell it was going to be one of those potential drop games, uh, you know, within the first five minutes. The defense was just flat as a pancake. And they got whatever they wanted in the paint tonight. And it's not often that I call out um, specific players, but um, because the team was collectively pretty flat defensively, but I thought Jokic was surprisingly um, really lax on defense, Uh, you know, we know he's not a great defender by all means, um, but, uh, you know, at least uh, pop out and contest it on some of those shots or at least put a hand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the defense was just not there specifically. Like you said, the paint defense was just awful. We saw a lot of the – I mean, Jokic did this more in the last few years than he did, like, recently, but where he kind of just stands there and doesn't even swipe. He'll just kind of let him – Right. Go by them, put his body in the way a little bit, and it was just awful. I was talking to a guy that is not a Nuggets or 76ers fan, just talking about this game and uh, how Embiid was sitting out again, and he said, oh, you know, and Jokic is a horrible defender. And I was like, hmm, you know, I I, I uh, think Jokic is an average defender on most nights, and mm-hmm. – can be slightly above average in a playoff setting. And we've kind of seen that, but tonight he just, he wasn't into it, but also the rest of the team wasn't. A lot of it wasn't even Jokic's fault. He's the second level of defense. You know, it's the blow buys. And I think this was a story of how the 76ers were on fire from mid range in this game. They just hit every mid range shot. Uh, Morris looked like he was Carmelo Anthony for, uh, yeah. You know, a four-minute stretch. Um, and, yeah, just it was poor effort. But the game started off with Murray going crazy. You know, he, yeah. he hit three threes in a row, uh, ended up going four or five. And I thought, you know, with the 73-point game Luca had yesterday and then the 62 Booker had, that first quarter made me think, I wonder if Murray's going for something here real quick because – you know, completing the trifecta yeah. of Kentucky guys going for 70. So um, I, I I thought the first quarter, second quarter was good for the most part offensively. But, yeah, the defense just wasn't there. And it's kind of surprising because we were kind of playing their bench, right? Yeah. Who oh, was the I'm... first person on that scouting report for the 76ers with this lineup? Yeah, it was um... – it was insane. I mean, they were, you know, they had, they had so many players out tonight, um, you know, and the flip side of that is that 
uh, there are a lot of good players on that bench, good veteran players, you know. Yeah. And, and and Patrick Beverly, love him or hate him, has the capacity to get guys fired up and have them play better than they usually do. And so that's one thing that I think a lot of teams like about Pat, somebody like Patrick Beverly. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I told my wife the same thing when Murray was cooking already. Um, I said, oh, man, with everybody kind of pushing to score – I'll bet you he has 35 plus tonight. And, you know, he finished the first half with, I think, five threes or something like that. And then kind of went to sleep for a little while. Um, yeah. He had three points in the second he, half and 20 in the first. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I wasn't sure exactly what that breakdown was, Jake. So thanks for saying that. But I was kind of curious. I was like, gosh, I think he hit one three in the second half. So, so yeah, he just kind of went to sleep, and then defense wasn't really there. Guys weren't uh, weren't icing screens and and hustling and getting under, and you know just doing doing a lot of little things that add up. And you know, and then you got somebody like uh, like Paul Reed, who for the Sixers, who um, steps in and just you know you could call it a career night for him, undoubtedly. But a guy like that shouldn't be hitting step back threes um, wide open. So. Yeah, just a lax defensive effort. Um, I, I those games make me nervous. Yeah, and they were talking about it on the broadcasts about how you know, okay, now that they're going into this game tonight, the Nuggets haven't prepared for this lineup. They kind of threw their defensive game plan up the window. Um, when the news comes out, you know, Maxi isn't playing, Embiid's not playing, Harris isn't playing, but I mean, they kind of just let. Patrick Beverly penetrate over and over and he just made the right plays. He had 11 assists tonight. Yeah. And we just didn't have that, the adequate point of attack defense. And then it made Jokic look even worse when he's trying his best to protect the paint. And then he's letting Paul Reed shoot mid rangers. Like that's, that's the result of all the penetration. Right. And then them understanding, okay, he's coming off of Reed, throw it to Reed and Reed has a career night. And I mean, kudos to that. 76ers um, lineup, that bench lineup. I'm, other than I believe Uber Aiden normally starts for them. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, no doubt. This, Those are heavy minutes for a lot of guys that usually don't play that much. Yeah. Reed played 42 minutes. And yeah. He has nice. his career high. So, yeah, yeah that's a ton of minutes. Um, and I mean, the star starters also played a, a a pretty not like super heavy but a little bit more than mm -hmm. normal minute totals and i mean we should have blown them out with this yeah. kind of lineup but yeah like you said the defense just wasn't there other than murray kind of going and the reason we we're up early in this game um and by the time the second quarter over was over not so much was just because murray kind of went nuclear yeah um, and so this game comes down to Jokic dominating the boards and being super high usage and getting good quality shots, where, <clears throat> whether we made them or not. I mean, Porter went, uh, was it 4 of 12 in this game from three? And I thought most of his looks were good. And that was yep. uh, an, a testament to Jokic. Um, I also really liked the stagger with Murray, Brown, Watson, Porter, and DeAndre. He, Malone has went to that a few mm -hmm. times in the last few games, and I like that because – I, I just don't feel like Reggie and, and Murray on the, on the floor together are the same as them separate. I yeah. think it, they kind of take away from each other, in my opinion. And I liked how 
Porter was a release valve for a few times with the bench unit that Murray would attack. But Murray's night was weird because, like you said, he went off and he was super hot and then he just kind of went away. And I think that was just, you know, the 76ers changed their coverage. They stopped going under screens too. Mm-hmm. And they started really filling up the lanes. So, but it was, I mean, if Porter hits two or three more threes, it's a whole different game. Oh, right? no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Porter I felt was... like that's what kept it close was him getting those open looks over and over and, you know, them not falling at all. Yeah. And, and, to, you know, to your point, um, when Reggie and Murray were on the floor together, Reggie was pretty ineffective tonight. Um, honestly, Reggie was. Reggie was kind of in the background all night, in my opinion. Um, even when he was on the floor running the offense solo without Murray, um, he was he was pretty ineffective. And it's kind of the first time I've really seen that this season. And so he he actually had pretty limited minutes um, for the most compared to what he usually plays. Yeah, Watson actually played more minutes than him, um, which is yeah. very typical. Yeah. But I, I've noticed Malone has has not blended Murray and Reggie as much recently as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so now he's starting to go to that lineup with Porter. I'd like to see some more minutes there just to get some more data to see how much more effective it was. Uh, but, you know, DeAndre Jordan uh, comes off the bench as well. And, man, it just seems like Zeke Naji is just out of the rotation all of a sudden. And yeah. I felt like this probably was a game for Zeke. I mean – DeAndre gave up multiple mid-range and three-pointers because mm-hmm. he's playing drop. And so I I don't know. I don't think it's minute space anymore. I think Zeke Naji is out of the rotation. I, how do you feel about I that? Because I'm a little I disappointed. Too. I do too. I think, you know, when you look at a player's effectiveness from a coaching standpoint, it's do I trust a guy on the floor? Um, and I, I just do not think the coaching staff trusts Zeke Naji to make the right plays, might make the right decisions and be effective in a game um you know because you could take a look at at somebody like a justin holiday who is not going to fill up the stat sheet but has ultimate trust you know he will go make the right plays for you and and be pivotal in key pivotal in key moments and i just you know i think zeke just kind of makes a mess of most for the most part yeah you know, it's funny is I didn't think Jordan played very well, but he was actually a plus four in this game, which was surprising to me. Um, and Reggie on the other end was a minus 14. So, like I said, that that unit with Murray, Brown, Watson, and Porter out there with DeAndre was was the plus bench unit tonight, at least in a, for a very short period of time when Reggie was off the floor. And then when it was blended with Reggie, it went really, really poorly. And a lot of that had to do with defense tonight, to be honest. I don't know if it was as much offense, but we also – I don't know what it is, man. We can't seem to get out on the fast break like we did last year. I, and I can't quite figure out why because we – I mean, <clears throat> we didn't play great defense tonight, but we had some stretches where we got a few stops in a row, and I'm just like, why aren't we getting more fast break points? Where We've dropped like 15 – spots as far as fast break offense mm-hmm. this year uh and I'm, I'm i'm trying to figure out why i'm gonna start paying a little bit more attention and maybe rewatch um some stints but i just find i find that interesting that that's happening this year with basically the same personnel minus like reggie jackson for bruce brown who reggie gets out like he's not you know he's almost as quick 
Yeah. And I think he's just as aggressive to the rim when he can be. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, just thinking about that, I had, I, I didn't know that we had dropped that much as far in terms of fast break points um, statistically, but it, it makes sense. You know, that, that, that definitely passes kind of the eye test, if you will, just watching our game. And I don't know. If a it's lot just of half because, uh, I don't know if it's simply because um, some of the guys are leaving stuff, leaving something in the tank, or maybe there's not that sense of urgency to play that fast paced basketball. Um, that's probably the only thing that I would really attribute it to. I don't think it's really anything overly intentional. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just wondering what the level of aggression is in guys' heads right now with fast breaks. Cause I feel like the only people or the only players that really push it in transition are Watson and, and Porter. And I mean, Watson got down the floor quick on a drive tonight yeah. and he, nothing came of it, but it was just like, man, there's three guys back and then the rest of the nuggets are behind and Watson just outruns everybody. And it's like, man, yeah. if you guys just did that a few more times a game, it's probably a bucket. But I really yeah. did like Murray's vision tonight too, though. Uh, I don't think he was too stagnant with the ball in this one, especially right. when they switched up coverage and started trapping him more. Because uh, he comes out with seven assists. And I thought he found Porter and Watson a few times on some good looks. Yeah, he did. Um, we, we, yeah, we saw Porter missed a bunch of wide open shots tonight. So, that, you know, those nights are going to happen, especially when you're a shooter. Um, but to your point uh, just a second ago, Jake, um, you know, and I get maybe that's why statistically we just aren't getting it done because we've got some guys, um, Watson. Um, who did you mention just now, Jake? Sorry, Watson. And Porter are the two Porter. that I mentioned. Yeah, yeah that get, actually get out and sprint. Yeah, and then I'm going to add Christian Brown to that mix because he usually gets out and runs too. But uh, a couple of those guys really don't finish well at the rim. I mean, Peyton can go in and, you know, Peyton can go in and fly and dunk and put people on posters. But for some reason, Christian Brown just doesn't finish at the rim very well unless he's dunking. I mean, that guy's Yeah, this year's particularly. Last year he did. Yeah, yeah. last year he was great, but he has just been smoking some shots down low. It just. Uh, really just a head scratcher the past 10 games for me as far as Christian Brown goes. Yeah, I, I think just the scout is out on Christian Brown is to sit on his drives and try yeah. to take charges yep. and wall up. He just doesn't have a lot of side-to-side -side moves. He's very much a straight line. And, yeah, it's another night where he kind of looks lost out there. I thought his effort on defense was good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Korkmaz hit a crazy three in his face. Yeah, that wasn't his fault. <laughs> yeah, and that's not his fault, right? And um, but other than like that play, I don't remember Brown getting burned very much in this one. I thought he played pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but you know, and Porter also played some decent defense, but he had some bad breakdowns in this one. For sure. Where like you know Murray or Jokic is telling him, "Hey, you're supposed to be guarding this guy," and it's just like a wide open layup mm -hmm. or shot and i mean other than that porter like you said he he's not hitting wasn't hitting three tonight but his some of his drives were were good looks and oh, I, yeah. I did i did like how he attacked those closeouts um, yeah especially but, if the three balls not falling you know thank god that porter has added that tool uh you know to his tool bag that he can go to the rim now and and pull up mid-rangers and that that beautiful little uh you know, 12 footer off the glass late in the fourth. Yeah. Was, that was a huge shot. 
Yeah, he shot that kind of one-handed too. Yeah. Like he he didn't really use a guide hand on that one. I was like, oh, that's an interesting. Yeah, I think strike. he was kind of stuck in the middle of, am I going to just put a floater up or am I going to get yeah. this, you know, off the glass? So that was a good shot though. And I think his floater game is probably underrated. Like he has yeah. some good touch. I mm-hmm. think he's kind of taken it from Jokic, and I think he said in a scrum a while back about how he thinks he can he can do some of the the shots Jokic does, like little touch shots in the paint. And yeah. I think he probably can. He just needs to get that rhythm, and he's not in that position a ton. It's more driving straight line and then having yeah. to figure out from there versus catching there. Um, but, yeah, the starting lineup, I mean, everyone was in the pluses. Uh, Porter actually had the highest plus-minus of the game uh, just because of the third quarter, um, late third quarter and then uh, early fourth. But, yeah, not much there else there. I think I thought Gordon was just in the right spots tonight on offense. Uh, didn't really feel his, de- his impact on defense, but – he hit a few threes, which was nice to see. He went two of three from the uh, three-point line. And he was uh, the only one that seemed to hit free throws, <laughs> yeah, ironically. Nice. I mean, yeah, we were terrible from the from the line tonight. Absolutely yeah. terrible. I wanted to ask because the Nuggets have been one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the league this year. Uh, I think they're bottom five currently. It's a huge drop from last year. Yep. Is, does that like concern you at all for the playoffs? Like, do you think this cut because we're more than halfway through the season, we've had a large enough sample size to say this is probably who they are, at least right now. And it's, it's kind of, it's concerning me a little bit now. It's not, you know, it's cause it's not just Gordon missing free throws. No, I know. And you know, tonight, tonight was an outlier, right? We don't normally shoot as bad as we do tonight, but yeah. uh, compared to last year, we, we definitely are worse than, than we were last year um you know but in the past uh in the past what well, i don't know let's just say january um the nuggets were trending in the right direction as far as free throws and, and kind of getting out of that bottom five bracket where they were hanging out for a little while so you know i i'm not overly concerned about this game it might drag their percentage down a smidge but we were we were kind of cleaning it up a little bit so as long as we can get back to good then then i'll be up I'm not going to be concerned with it, with it come playoff time. Yeah, as long – I think a 75% is a good goal to have, at, le- at least at this point, to finish out the season. Uh, one guy in that that's a big factor in that is Watson. He seems to either, you know, just nothing but net his free throws or completely miss or, them. And, or air ball. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. It's kind of weird, but – I felt like Watson was the only guy that played good defense tonight, like actual good quality defense. Um, and he had some really interesting offensive sequences, particularly mm-hmm. the mid-range pull-ups. Yeah. And, and they looked clean. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they went in, so of course they, they looked better when, every, when they go in. But, I mean – he had a one on the baseline and then one in the middle where he kind of did like a hesitation dribble and then pulled it into the guy's face. And I'm just, I'm starting to wonder like at what point in the season or maybe it will be next season that we start to call a a few more plays for Watson when we're, when we're talking about the bench unit, not when he's on the floor with Jokic, Mm -hmm. but when he's running in the bench unit, at least to have a little bit more options and just to see what he can do. Because I think 
when Watson has had the ball in his hands and he's attacked and initiated, I think, you know, early in the season it was really chaotic. He he would kind of do some crazy layups. But mm-hmm. as the year progresses, I, I feel like more and more good things happen, whether it's a good shot or it's a dump off or a good pass. He's He has some passing chops. So, I mean, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, do you feel I, like we should start looking for that a little bit more? Yeah, I think or so. The, and I think training yeah. staff should. Yeah, and I think as he kind of proves himself and, and works on those aspects of his game, then coach will probably give him a longer leash to do that. Um, you know, and JJ Reddick talked about it tonight on the broadcast. Um, that that's stuff that you got to practice. You know, that those are you have to have intention when you do stuff like that yep. to 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 do a hezzy on a three and then step forward and take a you know take a 17, 18, 19 footer instead of the three pointer. Um, you know that. That takes practice. Um, from a percentage standpoint, it makes absolute sense. And I think a lot of coaches and folks in the NBA would love it if more players would do that instead of settling for threes. But, you know, Steph Curry changed all that. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 And ESPN, right? I mean, the analytics oh, for sure. yeah, really well favored that. But, I mean, this, and this was a weird game. I called it 90s basketball in the beginning because – the 76ers didn't really take a ton of threes until the second half. Yeah. And they only shot 22 threes for the game, which you don't see very many NBA teams shooting that many or that low of a number. But yeah, I, I just think Watson's been on a tear. Even when he misses three pointers, I don't care, man. Like I think he should just keep taking them, mm-hmm. keep getting in a rhythm. And yeah, it was uh, uh, basically a, a nine-man rotation tonight so uh him with that bench unit i think he should just keep looking to be aggressive and don't ever get lax on defense i think when you start to see his defense suffer for offense that's when you draw the line and say okay go back to this because yeah. ultimately what he brings is is crazy defensive plays yeah and i think i think he knows that that that's what coach Malone utilizes him for, you know, and that's, what's really earned Peyton Watson a lot of minutes. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, ultimately we come out with a win. I think we can thank Jokic for that and controlling the game in the fourth quarter. And I thought, I think it's just nice that we got an ugly win. I feel like it, I mean, the Boston game was kind of an ugly win, but that was Mm -hmm. a lot different level of competition. Um, And so we, we, I don't mind ugly wins. I think it builds character and uh, I'm just glad our three star, you know, our three stars of Murray, Jokic and Porter like showed up tonight. You know, there was no, the defense wasn't there, but they didn't also lay eggs on the other floor. Right. The floor. You know, they, they tried hard and they, they, um, they tried to get the best shots they could not, not too much dribbling or bad decision-making. So uh, last thing I kind of want to get to here is, uh, Embiid not playing. <laughs> you know, we were talking about is Embiid going to duck Jokic, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it was, I thought it was interesting because the broadcast clearly pushed uh, a quote quite a few times that Embiid had uh, to them where he doesn't care how many games he misses, even if it disqualifies him from the MVP award. Yeah. He wants he wants to be healthy for the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I kind of wonder how much of that is true. Um, 
you know, obviously I don't know Embiid personally, but it's almost like he's kind of getting ahead of the narrative that is kind of the same one Jokic was given, where it's like, you know, yeah, you're the MVP, but what, what have you done for me in the playoffs? And I still think he cares about the MVP, but he, he's been playing games, man. He hasn't missed games since early January. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you think he ducked him? Or do you think he's legit just trying to conserve his health? I mean, oh, this is a tough one, right? Because yeah, we're we're playing we're playing um, NBA, you know, psychologist here. Yeah, let's so. play NBA psychologist. That sounds fun. Um, <laughs> this is a tough one, right? Because Embiid has not played in Denver since 2019. It's five years, <laughs> right? I mean, so you know, there's been all this narrative around that he's ducking Jokic in Denver. Uh, we know there's a home team advantage. We know that, right? That's that's just basic math. And so, especially in Denver, especially in Denver, right? But yeah. and so, you know, going into this game, I was thinking, no, I don't know. I mean, he's not really ducking him. It's got to be just coincidence at this point. And he'll, <laughs> he'll, and he'll definitely play on Saturday night, right? He'll definitely play, especially after the game that we just had in Philly, where. Embiid was dominant and displayed why he is playing at MVP level right now. And then all of a sudden the training staff says we're holding them out, which I thought was a total scapegoat, you know, to use the training staff to hold them out of the game instead of him just saying either, Hey, I'm not playing or I'm going to play through it. I, I thought that was a, a tactic. It was, it wasn't an accident. I'll put it that way, but you know, so to answer your question, Yes, I think he ducked him. Yeah, well, he wasn't on the injury report, right? No, not at all. And then, and then all of a sudden, you don't have Maxi or Harris, right? Like, could you imagine this game where it's like, yeah, we <laughs> we threw him beat out there, and he shot twenty five times, and they still lost, and that's kind of the narrative that could be on the other side of this if he had played. And I mean, it's kind of a similar one to you know when the Nuggets beat the 76ers and Bones Highland went off and people were talking about Bones Highland like he was a star next to Jokic for that game. And yeah, I I don't know if he ducked him either. I kind of leaned towards he did after he saw the injury report and who wasn't coming out. Right. Because I feel like this is a different game if Embiid plays. I think they get blown out. Like, yeah, I know he's a better player than who played tonight. But I feel like the reason this game was close was because of that lineup yep. and guys just being like, we got nothing to lose. Let's play our hearts out. Versus if you got Embiid, you kind of you kind of relax and go just into mm-hmm. your hab- habitual style of play versus trying to play outside of yourself that all these guys clearly did tonight. I mean, yeah. Patrick Beverly is not a 17-11 guy. He's capable of it, obviously. But, you know, that's kind of what galvanized these guys tonight. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So, you know, I it's it's good banter and the, the Nuggets fans are gonna continue to make posters and memes and um I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna keep saying this until the end of the season and until Embiid has played enough games that he's gonna qualify no matter what. But my worst fear about this whole new rule is that Embiid gets disqualified for the MVP. He plays a few more games probably than the the 65 game requirement, let's say he plays 61 because he's probably not going to miss 
he, you know, he may might miss as many to be disqualified. I don't think he would miss many more than that, barring a major injury at this point in the season at this uh, rate. And I just worry about him just missing it, him clearly being the MVP and in other seasons he probably would have been without Ooh. the rule. And then Jokic getting it by default and them calling it a fake MVP. Right. Like, like That's like, like the worst. Right. Measure. Like like an asterisk here. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like how people are like, oh, you know, the Lakers championship doesn't right. count. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Oh, man, I'm just waiting for that narrative if this happens. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, Embiid can only miss six more games. Yep. yep. So he's he's cutting it close. Um, you know, we're going to find out if he truly cares about the MVP real quick because we're uh, approaching the All-Star break. We're just a little over halfway through the season. And, you know, if he's continuing to miss a game every other week and it's kind of intentional, then – then that'll kind of show us, you know, hey, maybe he really doesn't care at all and he's concerned about the playoffs. And could, yeah. you know, if that's the, to him. Yeah, if that's what he's doing, kudos to him. Good for him. Yeah, and I, I hope Embiid plays in the playoffs healthy. I, oh, I truly do. Yep. You know, and do I think they're going to go to the championship? No. But I just want to get this out of the way of all the excuses of Embiid, mm -hmm. you know, being hurt or these teammates. Like, he doesn't have any more excuses now. Yeah, and it, it's just kind of similar to how Jokic was put in that position last year. It's like you don't have any more excuses, and I like to see guys take that challenge. And I just want to see what Embiid's made of. So mm -hmm. if that's what it takes for him to be healthy, that's okay. I just don't want Jokic to suffer because of the narrative shifting to him being the MVP because of you know right. player X missed this many games after having the best scoring season in NBA history. Because he's, sure. he's he's scoring at a higher rate than Walt Chamberlain did when he scored 50 points a game. Yeah, insane. On a per minute basis, so. Yeah, Embiid's Embiid is he's crazy this year, right? You cannot take anything away from what he's doing this year, at all. No. And no. you know, thankfully, thankfully for us fans, um, Jokic doesn't really care about the narrative, so we'll get it'll give us plenty yep. to talk about, and Jokic will just keep doing what he does. Yep, and a uh, big shout out to Jokic for just being steady, man, and. Mm -hmm. Uh, me just being able to enjoy watching him play every single night and have at least like a good two to three laughs of what the heck did I just watch? Um, because it was so ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's my favorite part is the, the random laughs and looking at my wife and she's just shrugs because you know she's she's watched basketball for a handful of years where I'm just like, this isn't normal. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's is, not. It's not. Is, to, it reminds me of LeBron, like watching LeBron for so many years and just watching him do crazy, crazy things every night. So, uh, anyways, so that's going to do it for the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. Uh, we will be back probably on Tuesday or Monday. Um, I'm going to have to look at the schedule, but yeah, Tuesday. Uh, yep. So we got a, another tough one coming up against the Bucks, And, yeah, we will uh, talk about that. So, uh, anyways, great talking hoops with you, Glenn, and let's go Nuggets. Go Nuggets.